We are talking some products today here on Locked On Ducks. One product in particular. Does Marcus Mariota deserve another chance to start in the NFL? The answer, I believe, is yes. And Oregon men's basketball, they're playing in the NIT. Why would they play in something that's not the big dance? I think there's a reason. A couple, actually, and some good things that can come from it. All that coming up today on Locked On Ducks. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster, lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching on YouTube every day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single day. In-season, off-season, here for you all the time. Like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening channel on youtube like and subscribe to that as well if you are watching thank you for doing that those numbers continue to go up which is great to see five star reviews nice comments we like all of that good stuff here at locked on ducks this episode of locked on ducks brought to you by stat hero stat hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports dozens of house-based games to play daily no sharks no funky props just your skill versus the lineups you choose sign up today at stathero.com slash Locked on. And we're talking some products today. Just the one, Marcus Mariota. Does he deserve another starting chance in the NFL? I imagine I know where most of you stand, but I find this to be a fascinating question. What prompted this is that he has been, his name has been tossed around in association with a couple of teams. He's uh, a free agent from the Raiders who brought him in on a two-year deal. He's not there anymore. He There are some teams that could use him. We'll get to that later in the show, but His career has been, I think, not quite living up to the number two overall pick billing, though he has shown flashes of it. It's never been there consistently. But when he was in Tennessee, and you look at the consortium of coaches and coordinators that he had to go through, it might not be all that surprising. And a critic might say, well, he wasn't able to just carry a bad team, you know, into consistent success. The number of guys who have done that in my lifetime as a sports fan, two, there have been two, Joe Burrow and Andrew Luck, and Burrow's done it for one year. I believe he will continue to do it in the NFL, but that still remains to be seen. So Andrew Luck came in, got his team to the playoffs and AFC championship games and was just winning right away. So most guys can't do that. Trevor Lawrence, one of the most heralded quarterback prospects in NFL history of my life since Andrew Luck, who was the most talked about guy since John Elway, both of whom you know worked out pretty well. Trevor Lawrence couldn't fix the Jags because they didn't have a good head coach, they didn't have a good roster, and the roster moves they've been making lately Not very good either. Paying a bunch of money to some pretty mediocre wide receivers. Don't understand any of that. Best of luck, Trevor Lawrence. When Mariota was in Tennessee, he had a really high level of incompetence when it comes to organizational structure around him. He was never given an elite array of weapons, a great offensive line, a tenacious defense, a really good running game, or elite coaching. He went through three head coaches while he was there and four offensive coordinators. The first two head coaches he had, Ken Wisenhunt and Mike Malarkey. You haven't heard those names in a while. You know why? 
even if you're an NFL fan, they've been out of the league since 2019. Haven't been in it. Mike Vrabel got there the last year, and he replaced him with, with Ryan Tannehill. That ended up working out for the Titans. Clearly the right move. I'm not here to say that they shouldn't have done that. It's clearly been the best thing for both parties. But Mariota is going to look for a similar sort of resurgence in his career. And he just, I think it was kind of doomed to fail now that you look at it in retrospect when you consider those were his head coaches. His first two offensive coordinators were guys by the name of Jason Michael, who in two years went 5-27, and least successful OC in Titans history. He's now a tight ends coach for the Eagles. So he wasn't their OC, had disagreements with the head coach, was let go, scooped up by another team to be their offensive coordinator. No, no, no. He's a position coach now. Terry Rabisky also had to go back to being a position coach. He coached the running backs with the Jacksonville Jaguars who let him go. The Jags. Yeah, in 2020, they let him go. Has been out of the league since. Those were Mariota's first two guys crafting him as an NFL quarterback, shaping the way that he reads defenses, sees the field, makes reads, and those were things that he definitely struggled with while he was in Tennessee, in addition to not being able to throw the deep ball consistently. So I think that that really set him back a pretty good ways. Then he had Matt LaFleur, who he only got for one season and has gone on to be a very good head coach with the Green Bay Packers. And full credit there for LaFleur, being a head coach is hard though his quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, one of the best we've ever seen play the position. So that's just worthy of note. And Arthur Smith worked with Mariota for half a season before Tannehill came in midway through and, and Vrabel made the switch. So it wasn't exactly a hub of stability. And that translates well into the argument for why he should be a starting quarterback. I'll tell you more about that after I tell you about Stat Hero. I love March Madness. I love it. It is my favorite sporting event on planet Earth. You know that if you watch or listen to the show every day. Thank you for those who like and subscribe. Continue to follow along. I know that you're there, and I appreciate you. I love March Madness brackets. I can't remember the last time I actually went deep or even won any money doing that. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em contests. Stat Heroes NCAA single-game pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you get to choose. You're in control. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. Go check out Stat Hero today. So Mariota deserves another chance. That's my position anyway. And is he ever going to be an elite quarterback? Probably not in the NFL. And there's valid criticism out there about Mariota. We have to be fair and honest as Oregon fans. I know he's the best player in our program's history, but doesn't mean we shouldn't be fair. He had a chance to lock down the job. And though there was a revolving door of coaches and coordinators, he was not able to overcome that. And some quarterbacks are able to, most are not. And it's hard to argue with the fact that the Titans made the right decision to move on. Tannehill's been a really good quarterback. They get him at a reasonable price, a very reasonable price. I'd rather have Tannehill at the figure he's getting paid by the Titans than Dak Prescott at $40 million a year, any day of the week. But just because Mariota wasn't able to find that success in Tennessee does not mean he isn't worthy of another starting job. The best example of that, by the way, is the guy who replaced him, Ryan Tannehill, who was in Miami, 
was a top pick in in the NFL draft. I think he went, I want to say seventh overall, somewhere in the top 15. He was a first-round pick, and he had Adam Gase as his head coach. Adam Gase. That's that's not mm, not good. Not not good. You know, and I, I just when I look at the parallels there, there are a number of them. There there are a number of them. And I I just think that Mariota, if he's able to get to the right situation, he could be able to find that second wind in his career and and have a number of years where he's a successful starter in the NFL. Is he ever going to be an elite NFL quarterback? I doubt it, right? I mean, at this point in his career, he's just not going to be able to get there. Could he have been there had he gone to a better situation? Maybe, but I I think that the ceiling on him was a little bit lower than the number two overall selection when he initially came out. And that doesn't mean he isn't good. Doesn't mean he can't be good, but was he ever going to be a top 10 quarterback? You know, based on what I saw in Tennessee, the answer to that question is no. He wasn't able to get through his progressions very well all the time. He could lock on a one receiver and his deep ball was just never consistent enough. And he has a good arm, but he doesn't have a great arm either, though his mobility is certainly elite. But at the end of the day, quarterback is about how you throw the ball. And he was inconsistent with that at times. Is he capable, though, of being a serviceable, solid starter in the league for a few years to keep a team competitive, right? Establish a culture, make them attractive for free agents. Can he do that for several seasons while a team looks for their franchise guy? Yeah, I think so. I think that is 100% possible in today's NFL, which is a very quarterback, offensive, friendly league. That's 100% something Mariota could be able to do if given the right situation. Right. He's not a guy, as I talked about earlier, who's going to just carry a bad team. Right. I don't think watching a football team would have been a great fit, but there are teams who could be a really good fit for Mariota. And heck, Mitch Trubisky is getting a second shot. Mitch Trubisky. Tell me what Mitch Trubisky can do physically that Mariota cannot, or just from an overall quarterbacking perspective. Right. With the way he makes reads, the throws he makes, arm strength. They're probably about the same. Deep ball, neither's elite. Mariota's more mobile, and I think Mariota's a little bit more accurate of a passer. And the Steelers, who would have been a good fit for Marcus had they had they picked up the phone and called him. Maybe they did and just couldn't work it out. I don't know. I think that would have been a good situation for him because you'd have uh, an offensive line that needs work, but you have a good running back. You have really good weapons. They've got some great tight ends, and they've got an elite defense. That's a good support system to surround a quarterback who is – you know, kind of middle of the pack with, but they go with Trubisky instead. But I see that and think, man, if Trubisky's getting a second shot sooner than Mariota did, right? Mariota went five years in Tennessee, two years in Vegas, and Trubisky was, I believe, four in Chicago, one in Buffalo, and he's already getting a chance to start again. And Mariota's won a playoff game, whereas Mitch Trubisky has not. And what a wild playoff game that was. You might remember it. You know, uh, Alex Smith was the starting quarterback for the Chiefs. It was at Arrowhead, Andy Reid, and it was 21-3. to And then Mariota threw a touchdown to himself, came back, game-winning touchdown to Eric Decker, and Derrick Henry iced the game. And on that note, I was talking earlier about the lack of elite offensive coaches that Marcus was surrounded by during his time with the Titans. 
They couldn't figure out this is how bad they were. They couldn't figure out that Derrick Henry was a clear-cut number one running back. He was splitting carries. He's now the most unstoppable running back in the league. I mean, when Mariota and Henry were there, he was literally splitting carries. That's the sort of staff you're dealing with. So, yes, I believe Marcus should get a second shot, and I believe that in the right situation, he would be able to succeed. What teams should be going after Marcus Mariota? There are a couple. I'll tell you who they are after I tell you that March Madness is literally this week. I'm excited. You're excited. We are excited. But you need to start thinking now, if you haven't already, about where you're running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual, or do you want the best? We're going with runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, run your pool offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe, Intel that you won't find at ESPN or CBS. We believe in run your pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us here at Locked On for a shot at a cash prize up to $1,800, that is dollar sign, one comma eight zero zero. Join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. While you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize up to $1,800, Duck fans. Those are some big time bucks. And it is indeed that time of year again. College basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. Bet Online, your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting, your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Where could Mariota go? There are a couple potential landing spots. Some are better than others, but there are still teams that are looking for a quarterback quarterback like this, who I mentioned Alex Smith earlier, are looking for an Alex Smith, a, a quarterback who can keep you competitive. You can win games, get to the playoffs. Mariota has done that, right? He's shown that he can win games. He's gotten to the playoffs and he's won there before. You want to, Some teams are just looking for a quarterback who can do that while they search for their franchise guy. The Chiefs did it for five years. And they waited, they waited, they waited, and then boom, Patrick Mahomes. But in the meantime, there was Alex Smith. And they still won the division every year. And they got to the playoffs. And they had some crazy playoff games. The Colts had a wild comeback against them. The Titans were, you know, down 21-3, to came back to win. But the Chiefs were a good team for several years. And Mariota, if he were able to find a role in an offense that works with his skill set, or he just needs to really connect with an offensive coordinator. I don't think he's done that yet. He could absolutely be that sort of guy for a franchise. Long-term franchise guy? No, probably not. But a guy, a stopgap quarterback, as they say, a fill-in who's capable of keeping your team competitive, keeping you out of the bottom? Yeah, if you have the right infrastructure around him, he could absolutely do that. The rumors that, that got all of this swirling and why I'm talking about it on today's show I've seen his name associated with the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts were in the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes. He signed with Minnesota earlier today. I'm recording this on Monday night. That means the Indianapolis Colts, who traded Carson Wentz, which, look, I I wouldn't have done it. I thought Wentz was pretty good this past year, except for a one or one or two games. But if it opens the door for Marcus, okay, that's fine. Because like many of you, I love watching Oregon players on Sundays. 
And that's uh, nowhere is that more true than the quarterback position. Herbert Mariota, guys, I'm watching all the time, right? I mean, when Mariota has been a backup the last couple of years, anytime he got into the game, Oregon Twitter was just sending out widespread that Michael Scott gif of the office of, oh, okay, oh my God, it's happening, it's happening. All right, everybody stay calm. And and then we all got to our TVs and watch Marcus, right? That's what we were all doing. It's how we were all feeling. The Colts would be a nice place for Mariota to go for a couple of reasons. Number one, good offensive line anchored by Quentin Nelson. Number two, really good running back. Jonathan Taylor, elite. So Mariota wouldn't have to carry the offense the way he kind of did in Tennessee. He could be a little bit more of a complimentary piece, which would serve him, I think, very well from a quarterbacking standpoint. The weapons they have, solid, not great. Would be nice if they could add another wide receiver. They've got Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, usually some solid tight ends, but one more wide receiver in there could work. They might have added one this offseason. I haven't kept up with all the Colts' moves to this point, but the defense is pretty good. He would be reunited with the fellow product of DeForest Buckner, who is just an absolute terror on the defensive line. He and Armstead, man. They're as good a defensive lineman as you could find in the NFL. And the fact that they were on the same line in college at Oregon, not really fair. That's why the team got to a national championship game. It's part of the reason anyway. But anyway, moving on. There's one team that I really want them to go to. I'll save that for last. The Steelers would have been a good fit. Talked about that a little bit earlier. They go with Trubisky. Okay. But that just reinforces my belief that Mariota could start again in this league, at least for a few years, if Trubisky is going to get a, a real shot there. He has to beat out Mason Rudolph. He's a more talented quarterback than Rudolph. The Giants, I think, are a dark horse for a couple of reasons to sign Marcus Mariota. Number one, Daniel Jones is not that good, so they might want to switch quarterbacks midway through the year if Giants fans start booing him, which they could. New York fans are tough, man. They're uh, they're tough. That's how we do it in New York. Um, I apologize <laughs> if that was a terrible accent, but that is kind of how they do it in New York. Number two, they're trying to light a fire under Daniel Jones and find the right combination of pieces, and they've got a new coach. They're trying to figure out if they can make him click. Bring in a guy who's started in the NFL, who's won a playoff game where Daniel Jones has never been before, and maybe that will be a spark for him mentally to get closer to his ceiling. That's why the Giants could make some sense. Selfishly, I want him to go to the Seattle Seahawks. I'm a Pacific Northwest sports fan through and through. If you know me, some of you do, you know that that's the case. I love my Blazers, love my Mariners, love my Seahawks. And I don't want to talk about it because many of you are saying, oh, didn't you just trade Russ? Yeah, they did. I don't want to talk about it. Here's what I do want to talk about. Mariota could be a fill gap quarterback for, for the Seattle Seahawks. Is it a perfect fit? No. You'd have DK Metcalf throw the ball to. They've got good tight ends now. They just traded for Noah Fant and signed Will Disley to a contract for reasons I can't explain at all. The offensive line, eh. Might need a little bit of work. Running backs, eh, just okay. Defense eh, is not great either. But there's some good weapons that Marcus could have there to throw the ball around to. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and the tight ends. And you know what? Not that the NFL needs a ratings boost, but I tell you what. Seahawks games, number of viewers in the Pacific Northwest area would go up, 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 up off the screen if you put Marcus Mario in a Seahawks uniform. I've never had that happen before where someone who I rooted passionately for for three years in college goes on to play for my favorite pro team at the quarterback position. That'd be pretty awesome. That'd be pretty. So selfishly, that's what I want. Is it the best fit for Marcus? No. What I want for him to do 
is get an opportunity with the Colts, show what he can do, and you know just be given the chance to prove to people that he's still capable of starting in the league and that that dysfunction in Tennessee that I highlighted earlier in the show, that that was more the problem than he was as a player. So that's Mariota's situation. Wrap up today with a little bit of Oregon basketball. <laughs> Dana Altman, man, just gave such a great quote. He doesn't give great quotes often. He's always honest at the podium. He'll say, we didn't play well. Should have won that game. Have to do this better. But he doesn't always give you know a Mike Leach or a Mike Tomlin sort of quote at the podium. Uh, he's just, you know, a little bit more standard, straight down the line, coach talk kind of guy, which is fine. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but he's had some doozies lately and my favorite so far, and maybe my favorite of all time is we were playing for the Rose bowl and instead we got the weed eater bowl, which is fantastic. And it begs the question, you know, why play in the NIT? Oregon didn't have to accept this invite teams have turned it down before, but Oregon decided to play. There's a few reasons, and there's some good things that can come from it as well. Number one, it's a chance to go out and end the year stronger than how the last few weeks have gone. Oregon lost six of their last eight regular season games, one and one in the tournament after beating the Beavs, losing to Colorado. So you could end with a less sour taste in your mouth, even though you didn't get into the field of 68. It's still a chance to be, you know, salvage some semblance of, of a good feeling there. Number two, when you're a competitor, whether that's Coach Altman or any of the players, you want to compete. Any any chance you get, yeah, I want to go out. I want to compete. Gets the juices pumping. It just does. You know that that that's what get guy gets a lot of guys out of bed in the morning. Dane Altman had a great quote earlier today, and he said, "Look, you have a chance to put Oregon on your chest again." How many guys can say that? And whether or not the Ducks make a deep run in the NIT, which I would love for them to do and feel better about this season going into next year. You can't do any harm here, right? You lose in the first round of the NIT. Ah, well, you know, it's one down year. We already knew that. That's okay. But if you win the last few games, you get a little more recognition for the program. Maybe recruit sees that and says, man, they didn't have the season they wanted, but they still went out there and played hard. What does that say about the culture that Dane Altman's got as a head coach? And, and more good things can come of it. You continue to build team chemistry. There's a lot of eligibility on this roster and I know the team fell short of its goals. There's still a lot of talent there that is still relatively inexperienced. Guys like Frank Kepnong and, and Folly Dante, in the grand scheme of things, haven't played that much basketball. A lot of the guys on this roster could be back next year. Doesn't mean they will, but they could be. So building team chemistry in a win-or-go-home situation on national television, I believe the games are on ESPN, that's a good thing. That's an opportunity to be able to carry over little things, and little things add up. And I, I think that that's the positive for Oregon basketball playing in the NIT, even though it might seem on the surface like, well, why do you want to do that when Coach Altman himself was saying it wasn't our goal? No, it wasn't. But that doesn't mean you can't still make the best out of the situation that you have at hand here. Speaking of basketball, on the women's side of things, they're a five seed. They've got Belmont in the first round, I believe. Uh, that is That's a game they can win. Watch out for the Ducks. Kelly Graves in March. I wouldn't put it past him to make a little bit of a run. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.